Welcome to Mom, You Got This. I'm your host, Erica Ryder, mom, author, and special needs warrior. I created this podcast because I am you. I know the triumphs and challenges of raising a child with special needs. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to have hope. Even though this special journey has its ups and downs, know that I am right here with you. I want you to know that sometimes it's okay not to be okay. Each episode meets you where you are and gives you practical steps to move from where you are to where you want to be. Mom, you got this. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, we're talking with Erica Ryder from Eve Connection about the foundational life skills that all children need, but that parents need to be especially aware of when they're raising children with special needs. Hello, Erica. Hello, Allegra. How you doing? I'm doing good today. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you. And I'm excited to talk about this topic because it is pretty universal, the need to teach basic life skills to children. So it's especially appropriate if the child has special needs, but what you're about to share helps all parents. Yes. So tell me, why is this particular issue so near and dear to your heart? Teaching life skills is so near and dear to my heart because it's really just setting the foundation and really helping your child now as when they get older and uh, when they're not going to be really close to you and possibly not even in your house. Um, You know, one of the big goals I've set for Taryn over the years is that to know that she most likely will be living in a supported community outside of me at some point. And these skills um, are going to be very important for her. So what types of life skills do you need to teach your child if you're raising a child with special needs? What do they need to know? Okay, let's just start with something very basic. It's like they need to make their bed. They need to clean their own room. Okay, this is not mom and dad coming in, especially mom. Oh, let me come and clean it up after them as a kid. The kid is just watching you. No, Um, they know. And again, they know how to you can get them to sort their clothes. They can bring the clothes down to the laundry area. You got to teach them these things because this is like really confidence building. Parents thinking that if you think you're doing them a a service, they're going to be sitting here looking at you. So then when they are 20 and 25 and out, their stuff's on the floor and they're sitting there like, well, where's mom? Who's cleaning this up? So that's like a basic there. Helping with chores around the house. That's huge. So again, every child can do something. Why do you think parents don't teach these basic skills? (sighs) Honestly, with some parents, some may be guilt. Some may be trying to overcompensate for, you know, a child with special needs thinking that they can't do this. It's almost this kind of, you really think you're helping, but in the long run, you're really not. You really, really aren't. Because um, literally it is a confidence builder. So I know like, for instance, with Taryn, the things, um, actually both of the children, they both Saturday mornings, they had to do chores. Even this morning, she's 25. I'm like, you get the stuff done. She knows what she needs to do. So she's always had chores. So it's, um, her chores are taking, making sure all the garbage in all the house, in all the rooms 
is downstairs and taken out. She's got to make her own bed. She's got to, and this is stuff we started young. She can, um, you've got to clean up after yourself. You got to put your dishes away in the sink. Um, you know, things of that nature. So parents, sometimes it's just that you kind of overcompensating for something. And uh, in the long run, it's it's really not that good. But it's an interesting twist to think that, okay, you're doing your child a disservice by doing everything for them because you're depriving them of the opportunity to gain confidence in their own abilities. That makes it much a much bigger deal than, oh, I'm just going to make up his bed and, oh, poor baby, I just need to do X, right? It's very different if you add that layer of you're doing them a disservice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the reason. So because what you want to do is you want to teach them. So again, let's let's just take making the bed, for instance. Um, they may not make it the way that you think, but then you're showing them. You're like, okay, honey, well, tuck it this way, tuck it that way. And then you give them positive reinforcement like, wow, you have really done a good job. You want to see your child's little chest puff, puff up? Is from a parent just giving them acknowledging and giving them accolades that you did that really well. It could be something from, hey, you picked up all your toys, you put them in there. You know what, little Johnny, you did an excellent job. And that is, it's kind of that reward thing. They're like, oh, if I do this right, you know, so you're really building their ego and letting them know that, hey, I have, you know, you're doing this well, and I trust that you can do this. And after a while, they really get it. And uh, so, yeah, you're really building these little building blocks of uh, confidence along the way. And I think that's important for all children, but especially for children with special needs who will have to deal with a world that assumes what they can and cannot do. Exactly. And the world will continue to do that. And you're letting them know that in spite of that, you got this and you can do this. And it is so important that you and they need to hear that from you, mom and dad. They need to hear your voice. So when the world is out there telling them they can't, they got this little thing in the head. But my mom said I can. And that sticks with them. That sticks with them like forever. So what life skills do you teach specifically around money? how you handle money, right? In order to not be taking advantage of when you're just doing simple things out in the world, you know, like going into a store and buying a pack of gum. Do people still buy packs of gum? <laughs> going into a store and buying a pack of gum. What types of monetary life skills are foundational for your children? Yeah, so first of all, you, every parent, they need to know their child. They need to know where that is. So let's just take money, for instance. So for instance, with Taryn, one of her things, uh, the money thing, maybe counting and change back is not her thing. So, and a lot of times, especially now these days, we don't use a lot of money, exchange a lot of money, especially with COVID. They don't want to even touch it. So she has her, you know, her debit card. So I will teach her ahead of time that, okay, if you're going out, she goes out with her community support person or her sister or friends. Okay. You have $50 to spend. So I tell her, you got $50 to spend. So when you get your receipts, you kind of look at your receipts and she's usually with somebody that, and she may ask them like, okay, am I close to this? So know that if you spend $51 and your card <laughs> declines, well, it probably won't decline. But those are the things I teach her. You have to stay within that budget um, or you won't have money for next time. So a couple of weeks ago, she did that. And I told her your budget was like 75. She's been like over a hundred dollars. Um, so you blew your budget. So you can't do anything else. So those are the, you know, those types of things. So again, know your child. 
Um, so with her, that type of budget. For other children, if they know how to count money, really budget, I think budget's just like the huge thing to realize you got to stick within this. You also have to be very careful that people aren't taking advantage of you. So know, be aware that if you're going in your wallet, make it very quick. Make sure you see who's around you. Um, so there's just different things. But I would say parents know your children and teach them accordingly. Because what you're talking about is helping them gain strength, self-esteem, confidence, so that they can move through the world differently. They show up differently yes. right? when they believe that they have the skills that they need in different situations. Very much so. Very much so. So talk a little bit about the accountability part, because teaching the life skills is important. And you mentioned a moment ago that um, there are chores that need to be done on Saturday mornings and you check in to ask, did you get these done? So if I haven't been uh, asking my child with special needs to be accountable for anything, where do I begin? You just start small. Start with, again, depend upon the age. Maybe it is okay, they're responsible for washing dishes or putting dishes in the dishwasher, okay? So if they are, once they finish eating, that is their responsibility to put the dishes in the dishwasher and wipe up the space where they have just eaten. You, as a parent, especially as moms, you got to hold back thinking, I'm going to swoop right in and clean up. So really, a lot of this is you, mom, you, dad, you, parent, you, caregiver. You got to start backing up because and then you just leave it there. So I'll give a great example. Uh, Taryn was uh, Friday, Thursday, going out to school. So you get another lesson that uh, she takes the van and uh, I'm not taking you when I make the, my job is I make the reservations for you get on the van and I tell you the window of time that the van is coming. Now, if you miss it, I'm not taking you. I make that very clear. So that's again, a teaching of responsibility. So as she was going out, she didn't come down in time to eat breakfast. So it's just stuff, all eggs on the counter. There's packages of stuff, this, all this stuff on the counter and on the floor. Now, I am usually would have been cleaning, you know, I would have wanted to clean up because it really was a mess that stayed there the entire day. And I took a picture of it and I sent it to her at school. When you get home, you better clean this up. Now, was it annoying to me out of my normal that I had to walk around it and that my counter was sticky? Absolutely. But I just looked the other way and I waited till she got home <laughs> and she had to go ahead and handle that. So it's that kind of thing. So parents, you got to kind of back up. Not just the, okay, so she has a responsibility or she has chores or she has tasks, but that there's consequences when she doesn't do it, right? That's the magic of accountability. So if you ask someone to do something and they don't, there needs to be a conversation about the fact that they don't do it, right? I think what you talked about in one of our previous uh, episodes was that parents have a tendency sometimes for whatever reason, to want to kind of stick their head in the ground, kind of be a little ostrich and act like things are just okay. Like they don't want to deal with some things. So they think that they just won't. And these are great examples of how these things won't go away. These are like basic life skills. So if you had not said anything and had cleaned up the kitchen yourself, that's not a great lesson. Not at all. And she would have just been like, hey, everything was good. Mom got your mom took care of it. 
All the evidence was cleaned up, so nothing happened. And at some point, our children, if if things go as normally do, our we as parents are going to leave this earth before our children. So who do you have as the caregiver for them next? And if you have not taught them this stuff, they're in a world of trouble. So again, we're thinking we're doing great. And I trust me, it's, it's hard. And I didn't get to this place just overnight. So hear my heart. This is work and this is putting, this is trial and error. We don't always get it right. But you have to decide, especially as your kids are getting older, you have to decide on holding them accountable or, and teaching because it's really teaching because they're, they're, they're not always going to be with you. And you really have to, while you can, you want to make sure you have done your best to prepare them as best as possible. And these little things matter. These things matter if they're going out with friends. These things matter if they're staying with their grandparents for the weekend. You know, you don't want them to come back. Your grandparents are like, Lord, they ain't teach that child nothing. This is real stuff. This is, and then can you, you imagine, imagine the grandparents bring your child back and your parents are like, can I talk to you out on the porch? For a minute? You know what yeah. your parents do want to do? No. Like, they, they just slow the whole They just they point don't. at you. They just point at you and go, come here. And you're like, oh. they don't even do that. They're like, they, they didn't call you. I'm like, we're slowing down. And the kid's going to jump, tuck, and roll because we done had enough. We ain't even stopping. You don't want your parents doing that. <laughs> Ooh, stop, drop, and roll out and the car. Like we, we're just slow. We, yeah, so seriously, you think that you're doing the serve, you know, like, and again, you got to, the other thing, you got to figure out what that is in you, parent, that is, you know, having you do this. You got to really dig deep, like, why are you doing that? And you got to answer that for yourself. Okay, because a lot of times, you know, you got to you got to think about that. Why am I doing this? Okay, so my next question is some parents who are listening to this, especially moms, right, because we are always talking to moms. Yeah. So some moms might be exhibiting some of these behaviors that won't prepare their child, but they don't realize it. So what does that look like? So one thing is, if you ask the child to do something and they don't do it, you come behind them and do it. So that's one way that you're not helping your child prepare to be independent. What are some of the other things you've seen moms do? I'm not telling you to, I'm asking you to tell on yourself, but what are some <laughs> other things that you've heard that some moms might do when they're raising their special needs children that is not preparing them for the future? Yeah. What I heard some parents do, <laughs> I would consider them, I, I would classify them as these, uh, double dutch parents so remember back in the day the double dutch especially in the city you know you as you get ready to jump in you jump in jump, you know you're kind of back and forth back in these double dutch parents is like they are always ready to jump right in and finish their kids sentence finish their kids thoughts and so i understand because when they were younger and they couldn't really verbalize so let's say when they're like you know five, six, something, you anticipate, especially as parents, especially parents of special needs children, you anticipate because you have to think for them oftentimes, you know, again, where they're younger. But as they get older, they need to develop their voice and their voice needs to be heard. And even if it's on their terms, if it's slower, you know, if you have a child that speaks, you know, slower, or even a child that stutters or a child that really has to think you got to give them that space. So the parents, you know, when I 
and literally when I talk to a 20 year old uh, child with special needs and I'm looking them in the eye and I'm talking to them at parents stand there, the parents like, oh, and they're jumping in. Parents, you can't, you have got to stop jumping in and finishing their sentences because what happens is you're continuing to shut down the voice of your older child. And you think you're doing them. So they're sitting there 20 looking at you like letting you have this whole conversation. That is not helping them. It's not cute. It's not helping them. And you really kind of got to back up on that one. So that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big one. So we jump in and do the thing we ask them to do without having, giving them any Mm -hmm. accountability. Mm -hmm. Or we double Dutch. So we speak for them. We take their power away when they're standing right there by, I love that double Dutch parenting. (laughs) Is there anything else that you see us do? And I understand that all of these things are done out of love. Nobody's saying to themselves, you know what I want to do? Let's see how I can mess up my child. Nobody's saying that. We know that this is coming from a place of love and devotion and only moms. Ooh. Only yes. moms, right? Yes. Are there is there anything else that you see moms do that you just want to pull her and say, sis, yeah, this is not having the effect that you would like? Yeah, just let besides just let them speak and let them think through that because it's developing their problem-solving skills. So you have to kind of just back up. And if it takes a while, you know, because, and the other thing is, mom, you are teaching others how to listen to your child. You're teaching others. So if you're in a conversation and you're not allowing them to talk, you are teaching everybody around them, jump in. Whereas opposed to if they're taking time to process, because kids, we all are different processors. You know, some just, we got to be thinking like, oh, hold on, let me think about that. Allow them and give space. So if it takes your child four minutes to answer something. Okay, that may be long, but that's okay. Allow them the space and encourage them that what they have to say is important. And more importantly, I want to hear what you have to say. And when you're doing that, you're teaching people around you to treat your child the same way. Give them the space to think about what they want to say and in the space that they need to be able to say it. Yeah, so the <laughs> allow them time, allow them time. So as you talk about um, not wanting to baby them, because as your child with special needs gets older, as all of your children get older, right? Yeah. There comes a time when you need to start to let go and let them maybe make some mistakes, let them do things differently than you would. But it's even more difficult when the child has special needs, because honestly, a 20-year-old child with special needs may not be operating the way you think a regularly abled 20-year-old would. So talk a little bit about how, as a mom, you experience that growth. How do you learn how to step back and let them be more independent? Yeah. How, you know what, in order for them to be more independent and how as a mom, and it's emotional. First of all, let me just acknowledge that's emotional. So that's a hard thing. And those are, you know, moms, especially. But what I found is you set the bar, you set the bar. And if you set the bar of what you know your child can do, they're going to achieve it. They're really going to achieve it. And you you just, 
And you really got to look in yourself. It's, I can't stress enough. I know it's emotional because what they're now doing is starting to separate their identity as moms and especially, you know, special needs children are, our, our identities are intertwined and interlocked very much. And just as you, and again, it's pretty much with any child, but even more, so, you know, even more so you're kind of pulling that apart. So all of a sudden their identity is coming. You have to kind of define your identity. You know, you got to now be like, oh, God, I was Taryn's mom. Now I am, hmm, who am I? So those are things you got to start thinking about. But you set the bar because our children, if you set the bar, they're going to achieve it. Now, they may do it at different times and different levels, but they will do it. There's nothing. When I think back on Taryn, we set the bar. We didn't make any, my husband and I, we did not set, make anything different. Both of them were held accountable to what we knew they could achieve. They couldn't tell us they couldn't do anything. They couldn't tell us, well, I can't do, no, you'd know, you're going to try. You will always try. You may not always get it, but you have all, you always have to try your best. That is one thing. That is a message. You can ask my daughters now. They will tell you that. We always had to at least try our best. And then, you know what? And then from there, we can go from there. And then that's just teaching opportunities. Some things work out. Some things don't. Life doesn't always work out. Those are, again, teaching lessons for our children. And that's, again, something foundational you teach now. So when they're older, so when they don't get that good grade or when they don't pass their driving test, if they're out there for the first time, or if this friendship doesn't work out, you really, you know, you start teaching that life doesn't always go the way you expect, but it's okay. (laughs) That is so exciting and so actionable. So if I'm a mom who's listening to this podcast right now, I'm thinking to myself, my child's in middle school, my child's in high school. And I think, yeah, I'm not doing a great job of like letting go and helping them develop their own confidence and their strength. I know you well enough to know you have something that you think might help them. Am I right? You're definitely right. Um, First, what I want to say to moms is, mom, you know, you got the kid up to this point. You have done a good job. Give yourself a pat on the back, but there's always more that we can do. So in my book, um, actually the last chapter of my book, My Sister's Keeper, the last chap, actually, this is the end of the high school chapter, matter of fact. Um, there's some really great discussion points because the whole format of that book, and it's a quick read if you haven't gotten it, so I hope you get it. Um, it's a really quick read format. I'm a mom. It's very, you can probably read the whole book in like 30 minutes. But uh, again, back in the back of the high school chapter book, there's some points about like the next steps that you would take with your child. Um, some of the things is, uh, that you guys work together. What are some of their needs? What are some of their desires? Again, as parents, we have to be careful. We're thinking like, oh, I think they need to do this. Your child may be very talented with art or something, but no, you, you know that. So sit down and talk. What is the next steps? What is it something they would want to do? And also something that, uh, you know, things that you also encourage them that they're good at. Um, you guys can work on that plan together. There's also a part, mom, again, this is very emotional, I know, there's probably some fears there. So I talk about and ask you, hmm, think about what is, what is, what are you fearful about right now? 
and really take the time to dig into that. But these are just a couple little things on the back of that. So those next steps, good stuff for you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Additional information from author Erica Ryder can be found on the website eveconnection.com. If you'd like to buy a copy for yourself or a copy from a friend of her workbook, My Sister's Keeper, for moms to help their child with special needs thrive, you can get this on the website at eveconnection.com book or by visiting Amazon to get the Kindle version. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you in the next episode.